When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone welcome to group text i'm so excited because i love getting to do any of these with the actual victim in the room with me someone i'm a big fan of heather mcmahon who is so damn funny i gotta go to my notes on this one your new netflix comedy special which is also your first is called the sun i never had yeah it's streaming now you're the host of the podcast absolutely not which Mm -hmm. is also out now and you're on your comeback tour, which is really weird because I didn't know that you left. No. So my first tour was called the Farewell Tour because I just said, like, I feel like Elton John's been on a farewell tour for, like, 75 years. And Cher. And Cher. And yeah. they've been selling out arenas. So I said, let's, we sold out the, the the Farewell Tour. It was, like, a little marketing gimmick, but then it, it went nuts. And now I'm on the comeback tour. You know, I'm back from what I don't know. The honeymoon, the, you know, uh, just life in general. I was like, just coming back from yesterday. Yes, exactly. We're surviving. So the Netflix special, the sign yeah. actually has a double meaning. Yes. Um, so it's my dad would always t- tell me growing up, I was a large child. I was a very chubby child. So he would always like put his hand on my neck and be like, dude, the son I never had. Thanks, um, dad. Yeah, thanks, dad. That Thank you. That is so good. That it's, is so good for the ego. It's 100% why I'm in comedy now. Especially for a teenage girl. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was weird. It, like, gave me an... Uh, I was overly confident my entire life, I think, because of... Like, you know, I so just... So not a Jew. <laughs> so not a Jew. I don't know why my parents always saying, like, my mom, too. I remember I was in a homecoming court, and I was walking down homecoming court. My mom's like, have the second in, stick your stick it out. Like, suck in your stomach, stick out your tits. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I always thought, like, I had it. I just figured it out. I had You're it. You're so lucky. I literally still, like, want to creep under... The, like, my first thing in the morning is I look in the mirror and I go... Ugh. Yeah. No, you're... Uh, come on. You're no, but, they, but, like, that's the difference. Well, we all have the insecurities, but I, I realized, like, even though my family was... You know, when you came to the dinner table at our house, you had to come with your best material. You just had to, like, uh, razzle-dazzle. So I think I've just been around really savage people my entire life that nothing really affects me anymore. Like, there's nothing a producer or a director could say to me that my own mother hasn't said. And I know you get that. Oh, yeah. I know you get that. 100%. So, but, so everyone was funny in your house. Everyone was funny in my house. How yeah. many? So your mom, your dad, you. And my sister. I have an older sister who's just absolutely hysterical. And she was a smart one. She's a powerful attorney. So she, she went with the, the route that was, like, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. She knows she could be successful at it and I've only now you know 12 years into the business I've started to like feel a little secure you know you should feel secure so how did you start what was your first job um, well, I started in comedy, but the first time I ever did stand up was my high school prom. Oh my so, god! I know, insane. By the way, 
Talk about secure. Unhinged. I didn't go to my senior prom. Why not? Because the guy, my boyfriend at the time, I went as a junior uh-huh. when he was a senior, and then he broke up with me the week of the prom. What an asshole. Where is he now? I don't know, but if I ever see him, I'm running him over. Let's find him, and I will run him over with you. About, I always talk about if I ever get crossed in front of my car, I will perhaps forget to put on the brakes. Tap him. Yeah. <laughs> Light bump. Hi. Yeah. Just didn't, just just enough to scare him. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. I, I I like to. Do you plot and plan at night? Um. Oh, I plot and plan all okay. the time. They, you know, they say living well is the best revenge, but I also think a light tap with a Mercedes also helps. Absolutely. Just enough that you don't have to take it to the body shop. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We just, don't want evidence. No. Just just a little a warning. So you went to home to home, prom. And I went you to prom. Did comedy. Yes. I roasted the senior class, and that was the first time doing like real stand up. I did like you know probably a twenty minute set. <laughs> and in that moment, I, oh, I love. Yeah, I did. I did a tight twenty. I did a tight twenty at the prom. Yeah, <laughs> but it was funny because when I, you know, I did it, and then you know that's the most awkward time in your life where oh, you're yeah. trying to impress people, you're trying to be cool. And I remember it went over so well, and I said, "Oh, this is what I got to do." I was always a theater kid, but I was like, "This, I got the itch." So I went to uh, the University of Mississippi for college. I got a theater degree, and then I moved to New York immediately and started doing like stand up and improv and sketch and all of that. So, what was your first? professional comedy stand-up experience because for most people mm-hmm. it's horrible i mean i was doing the open mics in new york and in la and you're lucky if you get five dollars and they literally are like for some of these open mics especially the ones in la they would give you 90 seconds so like you have 90 seconds to razzle dazzle us and if you don't like it's a wrap um and i always i started off i knew that i had a better chance probably in the sketch space because i always wanted to do snl so i always had like a trunk full of wigs and i was doing sketches and i had a one-woman show that was my jam so i would do the open mics but i was always writing sketches and characters and then um i i finally kind of shifted I said I want to get back I want to get back to my love which is stand up because here's the thing like writing and doing sketches and all that is great but you got to fight for you know uh, sketch time and your stand up is the only thing where as long I can just stand up on the corner and as long as I have an audience I can do whatever I want right. like I write for television and I've been writing movies and I've been in all these you know quote unquote deals forever uh-huh. but you're like it's all bullshit you know you have somebody else giving you the green light with stand up De- I've been in development hell for like six years oh my god just tell me you either want me or you don't right. I want to go on vacation I have <laughs> I have literally four projects in development I believe right now, it which means nothing means nothing yeah and then they're always like some woman named Susan needs to read your script I'm like well, where does Susan live you know what I mean like yeah. do I need to drop this off is Susan been to rehab just let me know where Susan is so I can drop off this script and you notice that people read really slowly really slowly yeah, but when I have an audition that I have to do, and it's always whenever you're on vacation, right? Oh, you finally take but, time off, then they call you, they need you to do like 12 pages of scenes, you know, while you finally took this like once every five years vacation. You're right. like, okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I was doing stand up, and then things really took off for me in 2018. I kind of took all my characters in stand up and I started putting it up on Instagram. So the way that a lot of these kids are having like wild success with TikTok, that was me a couple years ago on Instagram. And it was interesting because in the stand up world, a lot of stand ups were like, well, like, is she really a stand up? She's doing stuff on the internet, you know, but everybody I think has had to kind of like pave their way and make their mark. Um, so I, uh, I just had success there and then it took off. And you're lucky that that you started that before the pandemic. Yes, because you were already a, yes. a well-oiled machine going into that. So I started my tour, my first big theater tour is called the Farewell Tour. I started that, and then we had to take a break in the middle of the pandemic. So then I started doing live shows 
from my home, wow. which went nuts. I mean, we were kind of like, let's just open it up and see how many tickets we can sell. And for the first show, we sold like 30,000 tickets. Which is ridiculous. Nuts. It was nuts. So then it's just been kind of, uh, a lot of people found me through the pandemic or through social media. And then, you know, there's nothing like doing live shows. So right. then it's just been, it's been crazy ever since. It's hard on the road. Brutal. Which people don't understand. And especially for a woman. Yeah, it's gnarly. And, um, you know, I mean, last week alone, I was in three days. I was in New York. Then I went to Toronto. Then I went to St. Louis, Houston, and then like flying back to Atlanta. People, you know, they think that when you go to a city, you're there for four days and you're seeing the sights and you're getting wine and dine. Sometimes you're going from a plane to a rental car to the back of a theater. And then you're lucky if you're getting McDonald's fries at 1 a.m. And you're there for 12 hours. 12 hours. So you barely lay your head down to sleep at a, you know, Marriott uh, by the airport. And then you're up the next day back at it. You know, my mom used to have these rituals mm -hmm. and she would get to a hotel and the first thing she would do would be rearrange the furniture. <laughs> With her, yeah. Because she, my mom had impeccable taste and she would just yeah. be like, mm, that's in the wrong spot. Uh -huh. And then she would turn on Law and Order yeah. or Forensic Files. And Soothing. Are, because to her, that was consistent. Mm -hmm. Do you have any weird... Yes, so... Like, I have to sleep in a hotel or wherever, I have to sleep with the bathroom light on. Okay, I hear you. I like that. Because I'm also scared I'm going to walk into a wall. Yeah, also that. There's so many times that I wake up and I will panic. It'll be like 4 a.m. and I'm like, where am I? What city am I in? I mean, it's really kind of an out-of-body experience Very sometimes where you're like, I don't know where I am. My thing is before a show, I have rituals. The only thing that calms me because my brain, I think, is just so chaotic all the time. I listen to, it's so cheesy, but the Spotify playlist called Cocktail Jazz. <laughs> I literally want to feel like I'm at the Carlisle Hotel at the Bemelman's Bar having a glass of wine. I love the I love the Carlisle. So I'll listen to cocktail jazz. I put on my war paint, as I call it. I know. Like, yep. Or I, my mom used to say full regalia or yeah. full kabuki. Full kabuki. Yes, absolutely. And then I get suited and booted. I put on my glitter suits and my fur and I go do shows. Because you do. I, I bring it on stage. I really do. And I have to tell you, and I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to like be a creep about it, but I used to go to all your mom's shows in New York. Your mom is the reason I got into stand up. Oh, you. You, I like truly, I remember meeting her outside on 40, it was on 43rd and 9th. I worked at this restaurant across the street from this tiny little theater and I met her outside and she was like, darling, you're stunning. She's like, okay, like, like keep up the comedy. I told her I was, you know, new in stand up. Years later, I moved to LA. I was at Dom's that used to be in Beverly Hills. Uh -huh. I'm sitting at the bar. This is the first week I moved to LA. Sitting at the bar, having dinner by myself. It's like 5 p.m. I hear her come in. She comes in. She's with her group. And I told the bartender, I said, if I do something crazy, please don't kick me out of this restaurant. I walked over to your mom's table and I said, Miss Rivers, I just want you to know I am a huge fan. You're the reason why I got in stand-up. Just, I don't want to bother you. And um, somebody at the table was like, do you want a photo? I said, no. I want her to enjoy your dinner. I just want you to know, like, you're the reason why I got into comedy. Go back, sit at my seat. I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I would never bother anybody. She came up to me afterwards, and she I could hear her through the restaurant. I'm like, I want to find that pretty blonde girl. Where is she? She came up to me, and she said, listen, I got a good feeling about you. You have chutzpah. So keep at it. You've got this. And she's like, don't don't let anybody tell you now. And I got in my car, and I hysterically cried. Aww. I was like, Joan gave me her blessing. She literally was like, put her hand on my shoulder. I was like, you've got this. Gave me her blessing. I called my dad, who has since passed. And I remember calling him, and I was just sitting in the car, hysterical. And I was like, Dad, you don't understand. Joan just gave me her blessing. So I always reference your mom, because when people ask me in any interview, they're like, why'd you get to stand up? I'm like, it was Joan. 
I mean, and I try to emulate her in the sense that like our style was similar where she's, you know, I mean, your mom was athletic for God's sake. Yeah. She was running across the stage. I'm very physical. I'm always bedazzled. I like to be a showman and entertain. And that's what your mom was. She just wasn't just a brilliant joke writer. She was an entertainer. Well, what's fascinating is when I was watching your special and clips, that's what I picked up on. Oh, I love that. First of all, the physicality, mm-hmm. the the physical energy, the mm-hmm. constant movement. Even though yeah. your styles are different, but it's that constant movement. And I really did notice all the costumes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is, she gets it. I, because I'm like, you're there to perform. You're there to perform. And I assume that you have a big LGBTQ yes. following. Absolutely. And my mother always said, even when she was just like in black and a jacket, she always wore a good shoe. Always. Because she figured everyone in the front row, usually yeah. gay men, yeah. would appreciate the shoe. Uh, uh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I remember the last time I saw her, she performed at Symphony Hall in Atlanta next to the Alliance Theater, and I took my dad. So it was my whole family, my mom, my sister, my dad, and I. My dad was like, I'm the only straight guy in this audience. Like, yeah. And when I say, when your mom came out, she was slinging jokes, the hardest shit I have ever heard right out the gate. My dad was laughing so hard. I think they, she was like, somebody do a wellness check on the guy in the third row. Because <laughs> my dad was like this big old Southern man. And it was one of the, my favorite memories. And my dad did pass um, not too shortly after that. And that was one of my favorite photos as us framed at your mom's show. Thank you. That's very sweet. But I, it's interesting because you talk about the physicality and yeah. the, the idea of entertaining. What is your process like? Because everybody has a different yeah. process. My mom used to record all of her shows, yeah. audio, and then go back and listen and figure out what worked, what didn't work, and if something she thought was really strong, why it didn't work. I do that as well. I also, like, I'm kind of, like, manic at night, right? So it's hard for me to turn my brain off. So it'll be, I'll be up at 3 a.m., and then I'm recording voice memos of, like, things that I find funny, always writing always writing it down. I always tell people who are like, what do I want to get into comedy? What do I do? I'm like, write it down. If it comes to your mind, you're going to forget it, so write it down. And then I'll re-listen to tape. I record everything. I, I listen to it. I'm shooting my next special next week. And so tonight, all I'm doing is going through game tape, as I like to call it. I'm like, I'm essentially an athlete. I travel as much as the NFL. I put enough strain on my body. I'm lifting bags and schlepping through the fucking airport, yeah. you know? Well, I'm surprised that you don't aren't traveling with someone. I am. I'm not alone. I, I travel with my buddy Chris, who's my producer on the road, and um, my buddy Ray, who opens for me. Isn't so. that different from... Do you see the evolution of your career also in that you have people to travel with now? Because yeah. I always said the hardest thing was being alone on the road, especially for a woman. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, listen, because I came up in the digital age, I kind of really like jumped into it. But being on the road, it's a lonely gig period. And that's what people don't understand. Like if I'm having a bad day, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, I still have to go do a show. It's not like being in a band or being in an ensemble where you can rely on other people to pick up the other energy. Like I, I mean, I've done shows through like COVID, the flu, the stomach bug, you know, uh, being upset about family stuff. And you literally just have to put it on. You're like, let's go do a show but it's also very cathartic for me so that 90 minutes when I'm on stage I get energy from I don't know where it's almost like you did you know an eight ball and I don't do any drugs but I'm like I just come alive but also it's somewhere that nobody can ask you no one no one can come and ask you it's everybody leaves you alone that's what I say all the time I say people like how do you balance being a wife and all this 90 minutes a night I'm respected and then as soon as I walk off stage I get text messages from my husband like I can't find the mayonnaise at the house I'm like Jeff I'm 
thousands of miles away on the other side of the country, figure it out. You know, my mom would come on the road with me and I have a very similar relationship like you and your mom did where, you know, my mom's just iconic and I'll, people get upset. They're like, why don't you bring your mom to all the shows? I'm like, she expects like a white limousine to be, have white, you know, be yeah. razzle dazzled, uh, wind and dine backstage. And I'll walk off stage at 11 p.m. She's like, did you make a dinner reservation? I'm like, no, mom, you can make it. I'm working. What do you expect? Well, I say you got in the car and cried after yeah. talking to my mom. I used to get in the car and cry <laughs> for very different reasons. Exactly. <laughs> I, when I was the, when I was producing Fashion Please, I would get in the car a lot and be like, right. and the best is my mother would get in the car mm-hmm. and be like, nothing was wrong. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, you just tortured me for three hours on set and you get in and go, I'm hungry, where should we go to lunch? I'm like, it's your generation. I'm white knuckling. Uh-huh. And then she would say to me things like, oh, Melissa, just let it go. Let it go. Yes, my mom still does that. I mean, she could say the craziest stuff. It's like, I'll get over it. All right, come on. Yeah, I'm hungry. You want to go to lunch? And you're yeah. like, I need a minute to process what you have just said to me. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still like, how could you say that? Say what? But that's why I think we are stronger people. Yeah. Like, I don't ever look back and say, oh, I have childhood trauma, oh, you know? But I'm like, please, I'm, I'm better for it. I keep moving forward. And the rest of the world would have broken me. I think that's also why I'm decent at stand-up. Because I'm like, again, there's nothing my mom hasn't said to me. Well, it's interesting because you sort of fall in between generations. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a Gen X. Yeah. But you're maybe the very beginning of millennial. Well, no, I am millennial because I'm 36. Right. So, but yeah. you have a Gen X sensibility. Right. Okay. Says a Gen Xer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think? And I'm sure because your comedy is not for snowflakes. No. Mm-hmm. At all. And I respond to that. Mm-hmm. But do you find growing up as a millennial and having that kind of more sensitive, aware, not sensitive awareness, but the 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 moral outrage? Mm of a a millennial at everything. Mm -hmm. How hard is that though to separate that from your comedy or has the sensibility always been whatever? I honestly feel like, especially with comedy, right? The pendulum has swung many different ways. Yes, and too far far. each direction. And I think now we're at a good place where uh, the joke is always on me too. Mm -hmm. It's always from my point of view and perspective. I can only like, yes, I can make jokes about politics and all this other shit, but I'm like, what really brings me joy is like talking about what I've experienced. And I'm a storyteller too. You're very much a storyteller. Do you ever get 30 seconds into a story when you're trying out new material and go, yeah, this isn't working. I'm oh. going to figure my way out of this. Oh, for, for sure. For sure. And then I just do like a, a, a long, you know, saggy titty joke. And then yeah. it usually works. <laughs> just move right on. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, for sure. There is, I, I, there, listen, I am, I've been now the show that I'm doing, um, that I'm on the road. I mean, I've probably done like 80 shows in the last couple months and there's still tonight. I'm going to be moving stuff around and changing it because I've been listening to game tape and I'm like, no, I, even though I've done that a million times and I like the response, I want to add something more. I want to go further and change it. If you're wondering, like if do I filter myself or censor myself I don't but again I've always just said like the joke is always on me right but it's just interesting because there's stuff that I'll say and my son will turn to me and go mom you can't say that I'll be like you know we had a situation a couple years ago um, with a group of our friends and a friend was coming into town who has a nickname that Uh we have called him for a thousand years that then was fine now not fine and mm-hmm. we were discussing it how are we going to introduce our kids mm-hmm. do we say this is Mr. So and so they've only heard him call us by a nickname 
and we were talking about it, and Cooper's in the backseat of the car and goes, Mom, you can't say that. Right? Right. It's like, that's his email address still. Right. I know. It, it is It is in a tough spot, and it's funny, too, because I still catch my mom some days. I'm like, Mom, Mom, we're changing. We're going to change the language on that one, on that one. She's like, oh, come on, who cares? Yeah. You know, there are days where I'm like, let's just, there, there are battles. There's some battles that are not worth fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this particular friend, we all get to where we're going. We're all meeting on a vacation, uh-huh. and I'm like, okay, I'll take I'll take the bullet for this one. So I go, Cooper, this is Mr. So-and-so. Uh-huh. Mr. So-and-so, this is Cooper. Thinking he was going to say, call me. Uh-huh whatever name he chose to be called by. Right. And he goes, hey, good to meet you. Oh, my God yeah. damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, just, what do you want him to call you? Yeah. Right. And now, so we're just going to call him Bill. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was mm-hmm. hilarious, because I'm like, okay, I'll take, I'll, I'll take this one. Uh-huh. Um, so you produced, created, performed, and edited yep. the, the Son I Never Had. Did you ever think to yourself, God, I wish I could fire that diva? <laughs> Literally, I when I was doing all of this, I, I have I am definitely have put too much on my plate for sure. Yes, there are days where I mean, because right now I'm touring. I we were promoting this current special. I'm about to shoot the next special next week. I mean, it's a lot. Like, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're do, we're doing it. But you know, I got really great advice from other female comedians, specifically at Wendy Cummings. She was like, "Do it yourself." She said, "Don't wait for permission." You know, and then sure enough, we shot it last year. While I was on tour and then I just said I'm gonna do it and invest in myself and then it's wild too because when you do a special especially when you're self-producing you just like send an email with the link and then it's, like, it's like really kind of anticlimactic and then they call you and they're like yeah we want it and then a bunch of people wanted it and obviously I wanted it to land at Netflix because I just feel like that's like the home of comedy right now so it's been really really a cool experience because yeah, I could see being like god I hate her like about yourself. Can I tell you? I, I say I'm so sick of myself right now. When I do interviews and people are like, tell us your origin story. I'm literally like, listen, I'll just show you my tits. I'm exhausted. Yeah, this is, you know, I am ready to act and like put on wins again and play somebody else because I am sick of myself. You know, and I know new people are finding me and they're like, oh, I'm a new fan. I'm coming to the shows. I'm like, eh, you don't have to. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I can just give you the cliff notes right yeah, here. Yeah. But you, you bring it up that you talk a lot about yourself and your mm-hmm. life. And so you've always been, and I hate this term, a truth Oh, yeah. So much so that I don't have boundaries. That's the thing. Well, I need boundaries. Don't even get me started about right. boundaries. I would think being a truth teller, but it sounds like you were popular in high school, would get you in trouble in high school. Okay. I was a, I was, You were in the homecoming court, so already, I don't care what you say, you were popular. I was popular, can I tell you, because I was nice. And I have other friends of the business who are like, Heather, you could have gotten been a lot more successful earlier on if you were cuntier, but you're not. You were nice. But they're like, but it's also going to give you. I like that. I like the way you use that. Yeah, is that okay? That I said. Please. I feel (laughs) like kind is one of the most underused word, and sometimes it's the only one that works. For me, every day of my life, it's the only one that describes how I feel. Mm -hmm. It is literally the only appropriate word. Uh, I I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't find it offensive. I find it useful. I don't find it offensive at all and again like you know your mother my mother like some days you just be in a cup <laughs> yeah no I was nice in high school though I think and I was I was in theater and I was cheer, a cheerleader I did it all I kind of wore a lot of hats That's so I was cool with everybody and you have good legs and I have great legs by the way I would have hated you just so you know <laughs> Don't worry, I have my chunky face. I'm still in it. So we're, we're, you know, I mean, I always had good legs. But lean into what you're, I knew how to stay in my lane. I was like, I know what I'm good at, so I'm just going to go 100 miles an hour in that lane and, and just focus on that. But yeah, see, I was, 
it's just the whole popular. But the fact that you can be funny and were popular in high school yeah. is is very um, co uh, very. They don't work together because most comedians are tortured and unhappy. I know, and that's the thing too. When my other comedian friends meet me, like, listen, I've gone through my fair share of shit, but I'm like, I really had a, cha a happy childhood. You know, like, I, I really, I think that's why though I was able to like flourish and go do my thing is because I was like, no, I, I had this unbridled sense of confidence that someone will knock me down. I'm sure, you know. But again, it's my, it's my mom. She'll yeah, just like, take you out. This outfit isn't working. You look fat in the special. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. just take you out at the knees. Yeah. So you met your husband in a gay bar uh -huh, in New York in, City. Yeah, in 2011. Why was he there? He was there because um, his. What, some of my best friends are his cousins. He comes from a big Italian family, so they were like, "We're, we're going to go out. Why don't you meet this girl named Heather?" And it, it wasn't—it wasn't like a, 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 you know, a dance club. It was literally a German beer bar that just happens to be in the neighborhood in Hell's Kitchen. Um, so I neighborhood. It, it was the most like uh, masculine bar in the neighborhood. Uh, but he walked in, and I said, "That's who I'm going to marry." And my girlfriend Christina, who works with me now, is like Jeff because she grew up with Jeff. And I'm like, "How do you know?" And she's like, "That's like my best friend from growing up." And I said, that's who I'm going to marry. And that was it. And now, how, so tell me about the romance. Tell me how this mm -hmm. progressed. Because you have a very nice ring. Well, thank you. But that's also, you know, 13 years and his mother hates me. So, you know. But, but still, I mean, that was a good start. It's it's Italians. You know what I mean? Yeah. When she, I'm Italian. He's Italian. Italians know that it's an investment. They're good at jewelry. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, you're the necklace. You've got the tennis yeah. necklace. Yeah. You've got the good That ring. was a wedding gift. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just like, I, trust me, I caught that. Yeah. Well, you've got a sunny ring, too. Thank you. But I'm like, mm. The romance is, I, um, it's so wild how much my husband is like my father, too, like down to even what they have for breakfast. So I know that I have a complex there because <laughs> even physically, the beard, the chest hair, like I'm not attracted to smooth men. I like a lumber sexual, got and I have a flannel button down shirt and a nice hairy chest. Um, but so you're fixing childhood trauma. Uh, 100%. Got it. Yes. Um, no, but Jeff's the best. I mean, here's the thing it takes a very strong, confident man to deal with a me, but also to allow me to do what I do. Mm -hmm. And he, Jeff, I always joked that people always thought he was my manager because he'd be in his little suit from his finance job at the front row of like all these shitty clubs I was performing in. And he'd be there and he would laugh at all the jokes and people like, wow, your manager's really dialed into your career. I'm like, no, I'm blowing him. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to dial him in. I know how to dial him in. Um, but it takes a very specific guy to want to, um, not say want to allow me, but to like, you know, be really gung ho about the woman that they love getting up there and I mean, essentially roasting that. You yeah. know what I mean? But like you said, you're you're the butt of the joke. And I, I don't think people always understand that. Mm -hmm. I understand about the idea of having to be with a man who's confident enough uh -huh. in himself right. to be able to deal with a strong woman. Right. So how did he romance you? I how did he, how did he make you what did he do to allow you to be vulnerable? I guess is really the question. Wow, that, that's a thoughtful question. Honestly, it's very rare. It's yeah. very, very rare. I don't even know how to answer that. I just feel like I found my person. Jeff is Jeff makes me laugh harder than anybody on the planet. And he just is like this kind of, I'd say he's like an Italian Larry David. He's just kind of like this Italian guy who's just bitching about everything. And I can literally listen to him talk to himself in the kitchen and bitch about, you know, trying to find the everything bagel seasoning. And I'm just crying laughing. He's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, he's yeah. so genuinely himself. Mm -hmm. And it brings me so much joy. Like he is, he is my buddy. Like we just have a good time together. And he does have thick skin 
because this entire new tour um, and what I'm going to shoot next week is all about our first year of marriage and it is essentially a roast. So yes, I make jokes about myself, but when I was so nervous when he saw this new hour, I was like, Jeff, I, I was walking off stage in Charleston. I said, he's either going to hand me divorce papers or he's going to be like, that was great. And he's like, you could have gone harder. And I'm oh like, I could have because this is pretty brutal. Yeah, it's like, don't give me permission. Yeah, don't give me permission. But he gets it. He's like, listen, I'm going to go play golf. I don't have to, you know, you're out there doing what brings you joy. He's like, every, it's relatable to everybody. So he had also has really thick skin, which is great. Which is important. Mm -hmm. How do you, can I say like, I know with Steve and I, as we say, he grounds me and I make him fun. Yeah. And he says things 100% like, he's same. like, I was fun before. I'm like, no, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. It yeah. was just I've gotten so much more popular. Suddenly everybody wants to do things with us. I'm like, yeah, because I get you out of the house. Well, because I'm more fun. Yes. I agree. My husband would be fine just sitting on the couch watching sports for the rest of his life and like just being in a group chat with his boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't need to go out. I mean, he goes to the golf course every day oh, and does that his sounds thing. Familiar. Yeah. I mean, these men are just, they're so predictable. I'm like, where are we going? I need the hottest spot in town. I want to be, you know, um, out and about. Yes. I make him so much more fun. We yeah. travel a ton. I plan the trips and I'm not really, I'm a type A person in my work and my career, but when it comes to like home life, I'm very like hands off, but I realize like I'm constantly, constantly planning these like elaborate trips yeah and I, which I don't is great know. yeah um you've been very open about your infertility mm -hmm. yeah why and i think it's fascinating because tara lipinski mm -hmm. has been incredibly open and they just had a baby that's beautiful so talk to me about it because it's 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 very sensitive i'm someone who takes things that are sensitive about and makes fun of them yeah i just say hurt less 100%. Um, I put it in the special because really and truly the way I found out about like low infertility was I did it from a selfish standpoint. I was going to go freeze my eggs. It was in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to freeze my eggs. I know I'm going to be so busy when we're, you know, when we were let out of the house with touring, I'm going to go do this so I can buy myself some time. And then the joke was on me. I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah, you should have done this 10 years ago. And it was, it was just such an eye-opening experience because I felt like it was an, such an education in how little we know about a, our bodies, fertility, just women's health in general. So then I went in, I had to do multiple rounds of trying to get anything. And I finally was able to get like a real Hail Mary one embryo. But I still only have one embryo that we have. Now I'll probably do another round. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was real eye opening for me because I just didn't know what I didn't know until I knew it. You know what I mean? How do you not, because I tried at one point. First of all, my mom said to freeze your eggs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I had Cooper and I did not have the easiest time. I ended up, the, the day I found out I was pregnant was the day I was supposed to be going to my doctor to talk about next steps. Wow. Yeah. But that's a miracle right that's there. That's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, later, my mom's like, you got to freeze your eggs. And then my, my, my ex-husband and I were already divorced. I'm like, oh, I've got time, I've got time. And then at one point I did try and get some eggs. And I only managed to grow, which... I, I called Eggzilla. Yeah. Because it was a big one and not viable. That's a thing, too. You go in there and some people, I have some girlfriends that were able to get 20 eggs, but then only one ends up making it. Yeah. I mean, the I stats had, on I, this yeah, are I insane. Egg, I, I, I had Eggzilla. Yeah. yeah. Just a giant was, one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't feel, didn't feel good, didn't work. Um, but how do you, I mean, my family goes for Gala's homework. How are you keeping up about this that you're willing to go through another round because it's yeah. difficult and being on the road and doing it and filming a special and doing yeah. it 
It's debilitating. It really is debilitating. I mean, when I was coming off the hormones, because what people don't understand is, you know, I thought I was going into it just doing two weeks of shots, but I had to, I was on testosterone for two months. Then I was doing vaginal suppositories. I mean, I felt like a crazy person and then did two rounds of actually just trying to inject the shots. Cause that's really fun. That was so, it's great. It's so good. You basically feel pregnant with no baby. Right. And, and, not, and not good pregnant. Not good pregnant. I put on 30 pounds. And then when I was detoxing off the hormones, you know, I, and I got like PCOS, ovarian cysts, all this stuff. So it's just been a roller coaster. I mean, listen, thank God for modern medicine. I'm will, you know, probably look into the surrogate route just for my own health. Um, because it's, it has a, you know, that, that is, might be what I'm up against, but I mean, thank God for modern medicine. And I'm just, I honestly have been so busy that I'm trying to put it off, but I'm, you know, my mom had me at 40 and had me naturally, which was a beautiful thing, but I know that the clock is ticking, so I have to get on it. But damn it, it's like my career's happening, all of this shit, and then you also want a family at the same time. Women have to do it all. I was gonna say, do you think and it's nobody fair, talks about nobody it? Nobody talks no. about it. My, and that's, my mom. My mom talked about things people didn't talk about, and you yeah. do the same thing. Well, I mean, she, listen, such an icon, and that's why I also know, like, I took a note from her. She was saying the things that made people uncomfortable at the time, and but then the response was always, thank you for talking about this. And when I start, when I, the special came out and new people were finding me, the amount of women that DM'd me, emailed me, found me, and then said, thank you for talking about the infertility. Nobody talks about this publicly. I, I just did it from a cathartic standpoint, and then I was completely overwhelmed at the response. So I knew it needed to be spoken about. Which is amazing. Now, talk to me about your podcast. Yeah. How do you even balance that? I mean, you have so no, much going I, I, on. I know. It's too much. I'm exhausted. And by the way, you know this is exactly when you're going to get pregnant. Yeah. Well, so somebody told me, Christina P., who's married to Tom Segura, she said, babies bring TV blessings. She said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to sign that TV show deal. Yep. And then you're going to have a baby. And I, she's like, I swear this is how it works. So the biggest moment in your career will happen. Okay. And then you'll have to hide a pregnancy. Okay. You're gonna be- yeah. My mom went into labor on stage. <gasps> really? And she finished her act. Of course she did. Yeah. Because she's a class act. Well, no, just because she knew she, because it was, she knew she had to be on for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> she was like, yeah, uh, uh, 90 so minutes. She, she stopped, she caught her breath and then continued. And the best is so many people come up to me and say, I was there that night. And I know it was a small club. Uh-huh. So there was no way they were all there that night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was no possible way. I mean, okay, I, she stopped, looked at her clock, watch, knew how long she had to finish. And she's that. like, good night, Cincinnati. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the thought of women having to do it all is, is honestly makes me kind of like feel like I'm choking sometimes. And I think my husband's, you know, is leisurely playing golf right now or doing whatever he's doing. Why can't he just have the baby? Why can't we just put it in him or put it in a pod and then somebody just hand it to me when I walk off stage? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, wouldn't that be so nice? Same thing with hair and makeup. Don't oh my God. Do, could they do our hair and makeup while we're asleep? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Wake me up when it's done. I mean, Kim Kardashian, I think sometimes tries to stretch her glam. She'll get it done and then sleep in it and then wake up and just like refresh the under eye. Mm, I think they have it done every day. Yeah. Okay. They do. They, and they talk about it. They get up. I couldn't even, I would love to have a blow dry every day. I would love it. But then you, honestly, there's some days because I am so overstimulated being on the road and doing all this and the podcast. I'm like, I just don't even want anybody in my space. And I'm the most extroverted person. But now I've noticed when I'm home, because I'm only home for like 12 hours a week, I literally don't leave my house. I'm like a hermit. People are like, we haven't seen you. You're home. I'm like, because I just, I'm too overstimulated. I need to sit in a dark room and watch the housewives. What do you do with what little free time you have? I eat. Mostly, mostly food consumption. I get it. 
<laughs> I get it. A lot of online shopping to fill the void, you know. Oh, shopping fills the hole in your soul. Hole in my soul. Yeah, and absolutely. It's something that'll take me on social media. So if I'm on a flight too, I'll connect to that good Delta Wi-Fi, and I'm like on Shop Pop, and I'm just like, because I, I want little treats for when I get home. You I, know. I, just the other day, apparently, our UPS man said to people here. Never keep shopping. Yep. Yeah. Keeping them busy. Keep, yep. Mm-hmm. Keeping them active. That's so funny though, because I am addicted to online shopping and you and I were talking about that. We both shop off Instagram. Off Instagram, off TikTok. Like I am the easiest person to sell to because mm-hmm. anybody who's putting a minimal effort on a sales pitch, I'm like, well, I got to try it. You know what? I just want to try it so they feel confident that they're doing a good job. And I have found so many incredible products. <laughs> What's your favorite product you found? Um, this mouthwash off TikTok and it's this guru and he, I found this mouthwash and I'm obsessed with it. Because sometimes mouthwashes like leave your mouth dry or yeah. you get that pasty taste. It's the best. It's called, what is it called? Guru Nanda. Guru Nanda. Guru Nanda. Check him out. He's got the best mouthwash in the game. I discovered the, was it OC, O-S-E-A, Osea? Osea. Yes. Yeah. The best lotion for dry skin ever. I do use the, the oil. Yes. 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 I, I use the oil, then, then the lotion, the, yeah. then the cream, and, and then, then I layer it. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Layer. Yeah. It's, it's made in Malibu. Yeah. I'm like, I love why, it. By the way, I talk about it. Why are they not sending it to me? I talk about so many products that I, that I need to be sponsored. I used to do like reverse marketing where I'm like, I'm just going to talk about this one product forever. And then eventually my fans would like wear them down and be like, like poppy soda, which is this prebiotic <laughs> soda. I'm obsessed with it. And I just tag them every day. And finally I just got, my husband was like, there's a crate of poppy soda in our garage right now. I was like, good. They, they, they heard the, the back call. Do you know what they keep doing to me? What? Like I'll mention it and they'll like DM me like, Thanks. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. They'll repost it. Like, I haven't gotten a check yet. I'm just getting free product. I'm not even getting free product. Oh, okay. Well, then we need to fix that. We Poppy, do. if you see this, we need free prebiotic soda at our house. Yeah. Uh, again, Netflix special, stuff I never had. Now yeah. streaming, podcast, absolutely not. Tour. The comeback tour. The comeback tour. HeatherOnTour.com. HeatherOnTour.com. This has yeah. been so Thank you for fun. having me. You have no idea. Okay, this like is like said, so great. When you said that earlier, I'm like, you have a very low bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that I fulfilled that that's that low step. I mean, I don't know. I know you get people that, you know, fan over your family and especially your mom all the time. But truly, like, like your mom was truly one of the reasons why I got into comedy. Oh, so I know I know she drove you nuts. By the way, that's but... one of the reasons I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. There that's all you need. Ahura Media Production.